When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. What is going on, Notre Dame fans? Mike Singer, Mike Goolsby, live on a Sunday night talking Notre Dame 48 USC 20. Hope everyone is doing well. Hit that thumbs up, of course. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, all that good stuff. If you're watching back, hello. If you're listening via podcast, leave us a kind review on our podcast channel wherever you are listening to this. Mike, how are you feeling, man? I like your home field shirt, by the way. That's right. In the stash, we'll maybe get into a uh, two thoughts. We'll get into a little bit of a history lesson here, Singer. Okay, on this home field shirt, Notre Dame shirt, and yeah, the mustache. It's just, uh, it's kind of a thing nowadays. Kind of I mean, a thing Travis nowadays. He rocks it, and he just got Taylor Swift. So why can't my? Yeah, well, I got my own version of Taylor Swift here at home. Yeah, um, there you go. But you know, I'm trying to get some of that Sam Hartman, uh, you know, Dollar Shave Club money over here. You know, you send go. some my way. Taller Shave Club. But no, with that, with that um, thrilling win, mm-hmm. thrilling win, had a difficult time sleeping last night. You're just so wound up because of all of the Notre Dame rivalries. And we talked about this with, you know, future Notre Dame quarterback Deuce Knight. We got mm-hmm. a lot of rivalries. Uh, and that's a big, exciting part of playing at a Notre Dame is Everybody wants a piece here. You kind of get everybody's best shot. But USC is the rivalry. And it's a really kind of a culture clash. It's almost like good versus evil in a way, Singer. It, like it kind of is in terms of like what they represent to me anyway and what we mm-hmm. represent. I mean, you know, their coach, Lincoln Riley, left in the middle of the night, left OU and jumped ship over to USC. Our coach got elevated from within, was ostensibly kind of – hired by his uh his players you know you look at our transfer quarterback and sam hartman who's been nothing but gracious you know he won't talk about himself constantly deflecting to his teammates etc i saw a piece or a little interview after practice interview with caleb williams and he was talking about his king vibes you know his his king vibes in terms of how he and I'm just like, again, complete opposite sides of the opposite sides of the spectrum. You know, USC's kind of a one-man show with Caleb, Caleb Williams. And this was a classic uh team win. Two years in a row we played SC. 
in, in this transfer portal world that we live in, brother, the team is comprised of transfers all across the board. Yeah. Notre Dame, we literally can't get an undergrad transfer. So it's just, again, it goes to that, that culture piece. And it's like, you talk about the, the lifestyle of their athletes versus our, I mean, they don't go to class. They don't get drug tested. I mean, it's just a polar opposite, um, you know, just ways of handling your, your, your football life, your football program. And I think it's kind of a statement win for Freeman because yeah. he is building a program. Mike, so we, it was awesome. Yeah. So folks watching live with us, we'll, we'll get to Super Chats around 7.45 p.m. Eastern time. Um, so if you're dying to ask Mike, or I'm sure myself, I'm sure you're definitely here for Mike Singer. If you're, if you're just dying to ask a question, we will get to that. 7.45 p.m. Eastern time. Mike, I kind of want to put the bed, the, this thing about Notre Dame in, in these big games. Because in recent yeah. years, Mike, they just beat top 10 USC. They they battled the hell out of Ohio State the past two years. They've beat Clemson a couple times now. I mean, yeah, they're, they're winning some of these big games, man. And I'm yeah. I'm liking it. Even beat yeah, Michigan yeah. in 2018. Like, they're, they're like post the 4-8 and eight season. Like, they're winning, winning some big games, man. So, yeah. And Freeman, how about Freeman's already got two top 10 wins in, you know, two years. I think Kelly did that four times in a decade. Something three, like that. Three. Three. So Kelly, did it three times? Kelly, I, I heard this. Kelly, over the course of his time at ND1-3, had three top 10, three wins against a top 10 team. So Freeman's at two, you know, a couple years into this deal. So, yeah, I don't know if you can put it to bed per se, right? It's still early in his, you know, program building process yeah. yeah well it's just like two things like you know having played in a couple big games you have to be able to get your team up and get your team prepared that's a very real thing and then secondly and probably most importantly is you have to have athletes now if you were just an objective bystander flipping through the channels last night and you happen to tune into the ndusc game was there a market difference in athletes i mean of course people are going to take shots at the receivers and i'll be at the front of that crowd. I mean, we're still a little bit lacking there, but across the board, we can compete with anybody. Yeah. And that goes back to why you brought coach Freeman here was to recruit and to be the face of the program and the rest of this stuff he'll figure out as he goes along. Yeah. In terms of the big game thing, like obviously got to win a playoff game, but that, you know, I'm just talking about like some of these like regular season, big contests, like Notre Dame is, you know, they're not really crap in the bed, you know, um, at least they haven't for a little while. So yeah, I think the big the big challenge will be Clemson. I think Clemson on the road is a thing. You know, yep. Notre Dame at home is a thing. A night game at home is a special place. So you know, Freeman's big win against Clemson at night um, at night at home. Same here with USC. You know, playing USC in the Coliseum is a whole nother story. So but yeah, it's it's life as a Notre Dame fan singer. It's just yeah. like the back and forth it's wild yeah yeah Goolsby, did you get a new twitter handle i did yeah i did yeah working on something putting a patreon together um and the link will be in there soon to come so yeah something i'm kind of excited about should be okay. fun more of this but maybe a little bit extra a little, a little bit more stash in there we can yeah a little bit more stash you know we can you know you can kind of get around some youtube stuff some copyright stuff just something yeah. I've been at this long enough and it's just like, um, 
should be fun, kind of maybe uh, untethered a little bit more, if you will. So that's at MyGoolsB41. Yeah, um, I'll have okay. the Patreon link in there. All right, folks, again, uh, 745, we'll get to those Super Chats. So really looking forward to that. So let's talk about the game itself. What stood out to you, Mike? Um, yeah, just kind of your overview of this game. Notre Dame winning by four touchdowns. Mike, me, you, and Tim all predicted Notre Dame to win. But, dude, no, did you see this, though? Like four touchdowns? No, no, I didn't see the uh, I didn't see the beat down. And I thought, ironically, we would play better. I thought we would play better in the run game offensively because there is some things to correct and we'll get there. And we'll probably almost talk about the offense first thing or before you get to the defense. But I mean, what stood out? First of all, Xavier Watts. Um, like singer, like instant legend status, dude. Like he's a legend now. Like he, people remember my silly interception on the road at Tennessee. Like Xavier did that literally like times four, three or four, like game of his life. We've been talking about since I, since I've known you virtually singer, mm -hmm. we need guys that are willing to step up in a big play. And he like came into the building with alpha energy and his first pick, we turned somebody loose. That tight end was up the seam. It was either, Marister DJ should have had him. So we kind of busted on that play. Uh, pressure made Caleb float the ball. But after that, USC was never comfortable. And I'm sitting there, and this is going to sound crazy, but I was watching like Mike Tyson uh, <laughs> like highlights. You know, he's on YouTube. Like okay. Mike Tyson's greatest knockouts. Like it, as I'm waiting for this game to start. And then I'm thinking – there's that famous quote from Tyson among many, where it's like, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And I just felt like Xavier's first pick was like a punch in the mouth. And Caleb Williams is chewing on that mouthpiece. You could see Lincoln Riley was visibly shook and uh, we never really let up. And even when we did, you know, like the punt return, you know, we, we always had an answer. Yeah. And then you break down the defense, like as a whole, literally everybody played well like nana's played two games in a row like kind of coming out of nowhere we talked about on wednesday with tim and i and you rotating on the d-line a true freshman shows up um true freshman shows up in the kick return game and i this is going back to my initial like opening statement singer about freeman building this program kind of in his image mm-hmm and like, how big of a recruiting weekend was this, Mike? Pretty big one, dude. Pretty big. Lots of big talent. Carter Nelson from your neck of the woods. Come on down, Carter. Come on down. But I'm sitting there going, he's a world-class recruiter. And like, what a showcase for like our young talent. Like young talent is making major contributions, whether it's Morrison, whether it's Sneed. And it's just like, you can show it to those recruits and be like, we are building a culture here. All these other top flight schools that are recruiting you, you're replaceable with transfers. Like that ain't going to happen here. So you're starting to kind of see that um, this far along into, into Freeman's tenure. But what a game. What a game. Yeah. yeah. I want to say, Mike, on our Wednesday show, you were like, listen, these guys are soft coming, you know, coming from L.A. And uh, I'm just going to punch them in the mouth. Yeah. Like, that was kind of what your message was. I'm not going to repeat one of the words you said. I called um, him the P word. Yeah, he, he did. but and yeah, Mike. I mean, you you called that like they're just gonna 
just beat them up. And uh, I think that's a really good thing that they just didn't they didn't recover. And you know what, Mike? What what I believe that one thing that really stuck out from from what you had said Wednesday was that they're gonna come in cocky, right? Oh, so when Notre wow. Dame goes up seven nil, it's like they got punched in the mouth. Got now what? Now what? I like that, Mike. And I think they were even like, I mean, like, oh yeah, we got this. And even as fans, you're like, all right, come on, offense, come on, offense, because we've seen them come back this season. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you get into like the, it's just culture. It's culture. And I like even when I bet college football, like I'm always matching cultures in different locker rooms, kind of how they how they match up. But this is football. You know, you've got an assemblage of transfers over there, stat chasers. What does Marcus Freeman say? Choose hard. Deuce Knight talked about that. Choose hard. Freeman is selling the growth that comes through the uncomfortability of being in a Notre Dame, being made to go to class, growing up, becoming a man, choosing hard. It's like that USC team, the way that they're constructed, they're like, shit, I'm just going to ride Caleb Williams coattails. That's all. Bear Williams leaves Alabama. What's his name? Bear Alexander leaves yeah. Alabama. What was he? Georgia. Georgia. Leave Georgia. Because it's like, dude, I'm just going to be smoking blunts, laying by the pool and go to the league. That's what they think. You know, and it's like our kids aren't doing that. And it's just, you know, USC fans can come for me. I know this to be true, you know. So, yeah, that's what happened. That's what happened. Did you get to watch Univar show last night with Tim? I did. Did you just see where I would just pause and just just rave in excitement? I was like, I can't even control my excitement. Is that how you yeah. felt too, Mike? I mean, that's like the vibes I'm getting from you are just, you just can't control your happiness, man. No, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was. First of all, I never get tired of being right. I'll never mm. get tired of it. <laughs> mm. You never get tired of telling us about it either. Yeah. Hey, you brought yeah. it up tonight. I didn't. But uh <laughs> but yeah, why yeah, why watch anything else? <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, yeah, it felt good. And like I had a hard time. I was sitting there watching your show, watched a couple other like YouTube shows, and yeah, you're just grinning. You're just grinning because it's like it wasn't a it wasn't a like a sprint, it was a beatdown beat down it was literally a beat down and this is the same kid that had fu painted on his fingernails and like he was on his back all night long and it was like that's what you get that's literally what you get mm. you had it coming so mike it was an offense defense special teams right a lot of people are like i mean i I'm arguing with people on the message board, which we had a super chat last night. They were like, well, Mike, you shouldn't be you arguing. Good like, for you. That, that, that's on that's on me for even stooping to that and, and doing that. But like, I just don't understand watching the game and just being like, well, this offense sucks. But like, well, listen, it wasn't. I mean, they had a few three and outs. It wasn't their greatest performance at all. And a lot, lot to address in the bye week for Notre Dame. But dude, and you talked about Notre Dame always had an answer. The Chris Tyree touchdown was a huge answer. Um, special teams touchdown, a huge answer. And then, you know, just piling on late was even another answer to put the game to bed. So just a complete win, Mike. Again, the offense wasn't great, but every time the defense gave them an opportunity to score, they did. They scored on all their turnovers, except for the last one where, uh, you know, they had victory formation. So, Mike, I mean, yeah. I think you got to be pretty pleased in all fat sets of the game. Do you agree with my take there? Pleased, yeah. There, there's obviously room for improvements. But, yes, you're absolutely pleased. And it's 
whether it's this show singer, whether like it's the actual games, like let's, let us not forget that this is entertainment, right? It's a distraction from life. Oh, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, this is entertainment. This is life. <laughs> no, I mean, it absolutely matters, but like, if you're having fun watching a game, let yourself have fun. Like when we're returning kicks and like the excitement and all that stuff, I mean, that was a fun game. Anytime you get like a three phase beat down game like that, more or less, it's fun. The problem with the offense is it's quite the quite the the conundrum. It's because it's like you had these elevated expectations based off of Hartman's prior career and numbers and all of that. And that was probably, you know, kind of falsely propped up a little bit. Right. You know, the wide receiver group was kind of falsely propped up a little bit. So there's a little bit of heightened expectations for what the offense is going to look like this year. But you forget you got a first time offensive coordinator. This is like the offseason buzz. You forget you got a first time offensive coordinator. You really kind of get into the weeds with the wide receiver group. Maybe they're not as good as I thought they were. So that's a part of the frustration with the offense singer. Yeah, that's a good point. But to me, bro. The biggest frustration comes from some of the fixes are like blatantly obvious in that like the formation tendencies every time we're in 12 or 13 inside run. Every time we go spread, it's a pass. So it's like, and Tim, Tim Hyde's eloquently said this for weeks now. It's like, you can run the ball out of a spread formation, right? Out of having three wides in the game. Like we're asking coach Parker to get defenders out of the box to create some lanes. It's not, you understand it. The average audience member understands it. And we still don't do it. And that, I think, is the most frustrating piece. Like, you're still winning games, but, like, you could have – I thought we were going to run for 250, 300 yards on these guys. I did. I really did. But you don't even have to be able to tackle. Like, USC is not a great tackling team. You don't even have to if you just got so many people packed into a, a tight spot. It's hard to keep your feet as a ball carrier. Yeah. So I think that's it. All right, Mike, can you show us that shirt again? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. This is this came in the mail. Where'd you get that, Mike? I got that from Homefield, brother. I'll give you the story after this ad read. All right, let's do that. So, uh, Homefield, folks, it is an amazing collegiate um, clothing line based out of Indianapolis and created um, some very comfortable, officially licensed clothing. They got fantastic designs, especially the Notre Dame designs. Goolsby rocked. Is this actually Goolsby here for, for folks watching on YouTube? I think. No, no, that's not Goolsby rocking the shirt. I don't wear a watch. I don't wear a watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we love the uh, Victory March Sam Hartman shirt that Goolsby rocked last week. A little bit of a troll job by Goolsby, but hey, we still liked no, it. No. They Homefield went back into the archives, the old school Notre Dame designs, and what they have created is so unique and thoughtful. Their designs are authentic and show the nostalgia of your fighting Irish. Um, and they have licensed actually over 150 colleges, so you can buy yourself a Homefield shirt and then maybe um, one or two uh, for a family member. And then you know you, you got a you know Michigan fan, God you know forgive you for that, but um you know buy them a, a shirt or something like that you so uh, and when you use the promo code blue and blue gold such as blue gold 23 you'll receive 15 percent off your first order with home field the site is easy to shop to find that perfect college football gear 
you need to complete your game day outfit. Be prepared for the fall by shopping today at homefieldapparel.com. Remember to use promo code BLUEGOLD23 and receive 15% off your purchase. So, uh, yeah, this is not the one you're wearing. This is you're not wearing the same UT shirt, part. different color. Yeah, same shirt, different color. Tell us about it, Mike. Um, so Clashmore Mike, shame on me as a Notre Dame grad. I did not know this. So thank you, Homefield. It gave me a history lesson and a free shirt. Uh Clashmore Mike was the first mascot of the University of Notre Dame. Mm. It was an Irish terrier that was given to Coach Rockney. So he was our first mascot, this dog going back to the twenties and rumor has it um, he's buried in the end zone. One of the end zones. Hmm. Yeah. Home field's description says he was buried in Notre Dame stadium. Hmm. So there you go. Clashmore Mike. Clashmore perhaps Mike's in one end zone. Jimmy Hoffa's in the other one, you know, it's a joke. Entertained fans with his sideline gymnastics until his death, September, 1945. So Clashmore Mike. There you go. I love it. I'm talking that's some unique stuff from home field. You're not finding amazing anywhere else. Okay, cool. Yeah, important to note too, saying it's not just ND gear. Yeah, right. God forbid you got an SC fan in your house. That's what I'm saying. Let me pull up the drop down menu of schools. I mean, goodness gracious, look at all of these. There's tons. We're working on uh, South Florida, right, Mike? Let's see. Let's see the USF. Oh, look at that. I mean, good God, they have a ton. Is it exp- oh, come on. Oh, your what boy you needs this. <laughs> I think hey, Mike, I might need to pivot show. from I'll the tennis it. sweater. What's that? And I might need to pivot from the tennis sweater. Oh, my God. I love hoodies. I'm a big hoodie guy, dude. All I do is For wear sure. hoodies. For sure. In the winter and fall. So, all right. So, there you go. Homefieldapparel.com. Hmm. Mike, for me, the story of the game is the defensive line. Yeah. They control the game, right? The picks, you, I mean, you watch it back, a lot of pressure. I oh, mean, yeah. getting after getting after Caleb Williams. Who, who impressed you the most on that D-line? Just talk about that group for me. Well, you know, I, I kind of I kind of called out Riley Mills a couple weeks ago. I told you I got his number. He sat next to me at that spring thing. I've sent him a couple texts, which he hasn't responded. I don't blame him. But, like, yeah, man, Riley Mills has stepped up lately. Howard Cross, of course. Is going to be one of those Notre Dame greats that's going to play six, seven, eight years in the league and people will forget about him, you know, but he is, we kind of take him for granted. Um, like I said, I mentioned Nana earlier. He's been productive and kind of flashed. Batello had a decent game. You're seeing a lot of Josh Burnham out there. I think he might be a little nicked up coming out of the game. Um, you know, Bubakar Traore, who you, Mike, I want to give you credit for. I mean, you talked about him as a signee. Like, I think he's going to have, by the end of you, the almost verbatim, your quote was, by the end of the year, he's going to be in the rotation. Yeah, it was my my pre, uh, preseason show with Tim in August. That was one mm-hmm. of my bold predictions is that he was going to make an impact on the team by the end of this year. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the whole group played incredibly well. And, I mean, literally, you could almost – Across the board on defense, like everybody played well. Everybody played hard. Everybody tackled. You know, I think this is the first time in Cam Hart's career that I can remember like watching him get turned up. And it was fun to see. Cam tended to be kind of like, you know, not a passive personality out there, but, you know, he's just on point. And this game, he kind of let his hair down, which I love to see. Um, 
But yeah, Gabriel Rubio played incredibly well. Yeah. Most importantly, as I kind of called for, and it's an obvious thing, but watching coming off of last year's USC game was just a rotation, dude. Like fresh legs. Like I said, like if you got to play Brennan Vernon, we're not burning your red shirt, but we just need you out here for eight sta- snaps to spell Riley Mills or whomever. Um, and Al Golden obviously gets a ton of credit, well-deserved, but that scheme doesn't work unless our front guys make some make some hay and some credit's got to go to Al Washington too. Yeah. Like they have gotten, that unit has gotten better and better and better the last three, four games. We've been critical of Golden and kind of some of the crazy things that just have left Notre Dame exposed in the back end. But, I mean. Well, I've always called it that designer defense. Yep. And I can you can see what he's trying to do, and you're always kind of torn because I'm just kind of like an old-school lineup and play. And you did see more of that this week. And I we talked about that on Wednesday. Like, if the coaching staff can just kind of get out of their own way and that's an element to that. Like, stop trying to overcomplicate it. So you didn't see your linebackers walked up in that mug technique. You didn't see Aztec as much. Uh, you saw more coverage versus less man and just blitzing. Uh, but he did great. And one thing I, I haven't heard talked about in regards to Coach Golden in this game, and it was fun. And so JD's your signal caller. He's getting our signal from Coach Golden, who's down on the field. And I've been in that role there's usually a cadence, right? Tackles made, everybody kind of huddles up, you know, one, 1,000, you know, maybe wait three, four, five, six seconds. You get your call, call it out, move around, we get set. There was, I don't know, I'm going to call it a handful of time singer. Very cool to watch if anybody goes back and gets the rewatch where USC was doing that scan slash like check with me. You feel me? Yep. Where they're looking at Lincoln Riley to get the call. They're kind of waiting like we did with Coach Reese last year and Drew Pine. They're doing the same thing. Okay. Coach Golden is waiting. It's a cat and mouse game. So USC is up against the play clock, and Coach Golden is not giving JD a signal until the last second. So there's times where JD's going, come on, 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 come on. Like, what are you going to call? And then Golden would call. They would line it up, and then boom. That was a ton of fun to watch. He would wait until the last second because he was like, I'm going to wait till they show me what the F they're in, and then I'll give you the signal. Hmm. Brilliant. So was USC like waiting to see what Notre Dame was even doing to make subs? Correct. So then if USC subs, then Notre Dame can Not so much subs. The the formation I'm talking about, there is – Let's just say, okay, play clock, right? What is it, 35 seconds, 25 seconds? Yeah, 25, yeah, 30 maybe. I can't remember. Yeah, it's different in NFL <laughs> and college. I've never been a rules guy. But anyways, so it's like typically, you know, offense is going to get their call 10 seconds or whatever. We're walking up to the line of scrimmage. So they're at the line of scrimmage in their chosen personnel. Just call it 11 personnel. And then Lincoln Riley's trying to see what Al Golden's in. And Al Golden, a handful of times, is like, uh-uh. I'm waiting on you. So then they wouldn't get a call, and then USC would wait, and then they would finally get their call, and then JD would get the call. I'm talking at the last second. There was the last time Coach Golden did it. JD was on his hands and knees like, please, Coach, give me the call. Like You could see him he's on his hands and knees like, please give me a call. And then the last second he would call it in. So that cat and mouse thing was, if anybody rewatches the game, it was a ton of fun. Mm. And kudos to Golden for – 
you know, just having the stones to try and pull something off like that. And we didn't get caught. Um, and yeah, the, the defensive line played outstanding. Outstanding. So going to the offense, Mike, um, thoughts on, on what you saw? Uh, like I said, I just think it's um, – I was disappointed you didn't see more love, but in the same breath, dude, like Audra got 20-ish, 20-plus carries. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right. That's what um, we've been asking for. So, I just, I don't believe that our wide receivers are that bad. They're very banged up. You know, Great House, I don't think, is anywhere close to 100%. Thank God for the bye week. I don't think Jaden Thomas is anywhere close to 100%. Yeah. But, you know, I think we called for that on last He played six snaps. I'm sorry. Jaden Thomas played six snaps. Yeah, he's out there gutting it. But, I mean, you know, none of these guys are burners. And if you've got a a bit of a snag in your hamstring, it's just going to make you throttle it back even that much more. Uh, but I, like I said, I think the frustration, I think this is this bye week is a chance to get your wide receiver group healthy, to do some self-scouting, because some of these fixes, formational tendencies are painfully obvious. And I think we can get away from that. I and I I just we touched on this a couple times, like not having Tobias Merriweather producing. And it's not the focus isn't solely on Tobias, but not having that element to the passing game, it's like it hurts. Yeah, it does. And Tyree can run, and you know, come to find out, Faison can run. But I, if I'm those coaches, like I'm really going to take Tobias under my wing for that extra week of work, and just really, if like Coach Ducky, if you're Coach Parker, pour into that kid over the next week because mm. coming out of it, I mean, that's it's, you know, it's I mean, he's two seasons into his career. Right. And I'm not putting it on him. I'm not putting it on the coaches, but like somebody, they got to spend time this off season. And, you know, Timmy Hyde is a big fan of Faison. I think we all are on um, Jadarian prices, another young kid making a play Jadarian prices, kick return. Jordan Faison is kind of like one of the up returners. There's, I think it was he and love are like the up returners. And then price is the deep man. Mm-hmm. Price busts that thing down our student section sideline. And who runs his ass down? Faison, trying to get a block. And I'm watching him move. And you know I like, like, movement stuff. Mm -hmm. Who does he move exactly like? Exactly. Golden Tate. 
I'm telling you, the same stature, kind of thick thighs, narrow waist, slightly bow-legged. We love those kids over here. We like pigeon-toed kids, and we like slightly bow-legged and just real good body control. You can see the level of competitiveness in him. I'm not saying he's going to be Golden Tate. Yeah. He, he moves damn near identical to Golden Tate. Yeah. And I was talking about last night in the show, for the kid to have the stones for his first two games to be at Louisville, catch a touchdown, and then get an end around against USC. <laughs> like, are you freaking kidding me? A 16-yard run against USC catching that hit or that, that curl route? like been out of tackles. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he had 12 snaps. Get him in the game more, man. Um, sure. So – it's crazy, what? man. At one at one point, you looked at the you look. We were an eleven personnel. You had Mitch at tight end. You had a former running back in Tyree, a walk on lacrosse player, and then you had a true freshman in um, Rico. Yeah, and wow. that's when I was thinking to myself, "Good God, you got to give Sam Hartman some slack here because, yeah, as much as we like Faison." We still can't rely on him too much right now. And the thing about him and Tyree, as fast as they are, Faison is 5'10 and 1'8, 182 pounds. And Chris Tyree is 5'9 and a half, 192 pounds. And I think the best player in the NFL pound for pound is Tyreek Hill. And he's not very tall, but that's Tyreek Hill. You know, a little bit different. Um, yeah, it's funny because so you... like the, the 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 size of a Tobias Merriweather, any any big receiver, I mean any NFL receiver, you know, any NFL receiver that's over six two, it's like sexy. You're like, dang, you know, this guy's a go jump ball, get it guy. How many jump balls have we seen Sam Hartman throw this year? Like zero. So if Maybe these kids are fast enough and have enough wiggle and enough like gamesmanship to get open, who cares how tall they are? If they're open, who cares how tall they are? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you're not throwing deep much to Chris Tyree unless there's no safety help, right? Like, that that 46-yard touchdown, that's about it. Um, but, yeah, contested, you know, yeah, you're not seeing that. For sure. I, I can think he maybe threw a couple to Jaden Thomas, but, yeah. And I think Jaden Thomas I, dropped a couple. I don't know. I mean, I, the, gosh, of all the sports cliches, this might be the most cliche of the cliches, but it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of fighting the dog. Now, how many contested catches have you seen Golden Tate make? How many contested catches yeah. have you seen Steve Smith make? Some of that's like just in here. Yeah. As yeah. cool as it is, it's very real. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when yeah. you see a Tobias Merriweather who's built like a Adonis out there, you know, he's got all the physical potential, but he doesn't have the – the yeah. gumption to go up and get a ball, it, it does frustrate you. We got to get that out of that kid somehow. And he's got to, I mean, he's a big part of it too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then Hartman specifically, Mike, you want to touch on him? I mean, I figure it's 33 minutes in. We might as well Tim, talk about Tim, you know, Tim was trying to say that maybe his hands hurt or he's, you know, he's not physically a hundred percent. I don't buy. I mean, he, did you guys see him running? Like, look fine to me. I'm not, I'm not buying that. Yeah, as we forecasted on Wednesday, I, you know, I thought we'd have more success running the ball. And I'm going to attribute some of that again to the formational tendencies, not the play calls. It's just the plays that the, the calls that are made out of the formations that we're in. It's too, it's too predictable. And we also said that Sam would make a couple plays. You know, he had a nice throw to Rico, had a nice throw to Tyree. He had a nice run that he picked up. Outside That's of that, it. That's it. 
He so, missed some passes, but then they didn't really need him to do anything, man. Coming out of the second half, he was like he was it was almost like he was seeing ghosts. You know, like kind of rushing things, you know, he wasn't really didn't have his feet set, balls were kind of floating. He had like three high passes in a row. He had the the stupid decision to Evans where he should have thrown it to uh stays. And Mike, that could have been a touchdown. If Evans turns around and blocks, dude, that I mean could, stays yeah, fast enough. Probably not, but could have been uh, stays can run, dude. Stays can run, but I want to say there's like two defenders. Like there's I know there's another safety, but Maybe it makes a guy miss. But long story short, that was a boneheaded play, and then the, the, the two was. consecutive throws to follow, he floated both of those. So it goes back to the frustrations with the offense. People thought, you know, based off of what Sam had done over the course of 12 years in the ACC, that he was going to come in here and, you know, they're going to replace touchdown Jesus with Hartman's, like, you know, bearded face or something. Like, he's a good quarterback. He's not special. And that's kind of bearing itself out. Um, and it's, uh, it's, of course, it's the wide receiver's fault. Of course, it's the offensive line's fault. This is a team game. But um, he hasn't really – he's he's mid, as the kids would say, Singer. <laughs> he's mid. No, he's not mid. But, <laughs> you know, he's not replacing – He's not him. He's not him either, he's though, not- right? He's not him. Mitchell Evans is him. Mitchell Evans had two catches for 13 yards. But he is. But he is. Just he to, is. I'm telling you, the on-field demeanor, I, I like the way he had kids built. Yeah. I like Evans a lot. For sure. We both He's did good. it coming out of high school. You more than me, though. Mm-hmm. I do like them. Obviously, I like them, but. So, I think, you know, there's reason to be frustrated. You know, and again, the fans – that's, I mean, that's a historical ND beatdown of a of a hated rivalry. Let yourself enjoy it. Yeah. And yes, you're not wrong that the offense kind of stunk it up. You're not wrong, but we are going into a buy. And if the improvements, like if there isn't some obvious fixes again in terms of formational tendencies, the players are running out of it coming out of the buy. Then you know, we got we got problems. Yeah. Uh, I think we've talked about most of the position groups. Linebackers, Mike, you want to talk about the linebackers? Because JD played JD played a pretty good game. Yeah, dude. damn it. Yeah. Get the fourth down they... top early in the game. Eleven tackles, six of them solos, half sack, one point five TFLs, QB hurry. Uh, yeah, nice little game for, yeah, for JD, JD Maris. Yeah. Maris didn't shoot himself in the foot. Um yeah, I thought everybody played pretty well. Defense I on think, the linebacker. Yeah. There's a couple things I could touch on here. When JD has a really good game, it's that stat line. I bet you he's like replicated that stat line two or three times. Um, and he can, and I just wish, and I know he wishes the same. I just wish he was like two inches taller and had a little bit more length because he is a he's a good player. He just he's physically limited sometimes just because of his his stature. He's small. Um, DJ made a couple nice plays. And, like, played confident, man. Played confident, you know. Marist, we got to see him set up a blocker on his sack. And it was – I think it was Nana cleaned it up. Might have been in the third quarter. And people like this singer. So I'm going to get into, like, how he set that guy up. People like, like, the kind of football stuff, so I'm told. 
So Urban Meyer, when I was a true freshman, he was the wide receivers coach at Notre Dame. We're doing some drill. He's teaching a walk-on tight end, Brendan Hart. Shout out, shout out Brendan Hart, whose grandfather was Leon Hart, right? Heisman Trophy winner for Notre Dame. He's explaining to Brendan as a tight end, I'm listening to this as the as the linebacker, like how to get loose on a on a pass route. Like, and you know this as a receiver singer. So like if you jab somebody one time, like they don't like they don't respond. If you go duh, duh, if you give them a two, they only they only stick with you on the second one. He's like, if you can make it a three, a one, two, three, you leave them on the third one. They don't react on the first one. They bite on the second one, and you leave them on the third one. You could teach pass rushers this. It's a release technique. Maris set that guard up like that. Boom, 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 and left them on the third one. Came clean as a whistle. And for months, almost two seasons running, we've seen him just bug on a windshield. And that was like, (laughs) I heard angels singing when he came free. It was just like, what a job. Great job. But put those stats back up if you can, too, because you kind of want to give everybody their due. We talked about Nana several times. Cam Hart, again, came with some energy. Clarence Lewis has always just kind of blended in. He hasn't stuck out, which is a good thing. Like, he's, you know, he's a role player. I think he's going to get a shot at the NFL. He's got a lot of traits. Thomas Harper played great. Um, Ran with slots. Some people thought that, you know, he didn't have the speed to run vertically with some of these guys. Howard Crossed, super consistent, probably take the kid for granted. Um, again, Riley Mills starting to get a little bit more active, getting winning a lot more one-on-ones. And some of this credit goes back to Coach Washington, truly. Baptiste has been – I mean, he's – if 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 Howard Cross is our best defensive lineman, JJB is – yeah. You know, he's a close second and good for him. You love it when a transfer thing like works out. Good for him. Jalen Sneed um, played a great game. Yeah, but he roughed the punter. Whatever, dude. You know what I'm saying? Again, yeah, he roughed the punter. It's like, yeah, he played awesome. Almost had a pick. Um, Like, he always wears the green shoes. You can always notice when Jalen's in the game. He's he's rocking those green shoes from the, uh, the Ohio State game. Super excited for his uh, his future and just more, yeah. more, please. Yeah. Um, and the rest of them, Anto- Antonio Carter had a great tackle on a kickoff return. Um, and then obviously Bubakar and, and Rubio barely shows up on the on the stat sheet. But he absolutely matters just having like he is a bona fide big dude uh, in the middle. Yeah. And Mills is a big guy, but Mills kind of wants to be a – Mills is the basketball center that wants to play point guard. You feel me? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? He wants yeah. to bring the ball up the court. He's Shaq wanting to bring the ball up the court. Whereas Rubio, I think, is totally comfortable in that role, just being a bully, taking on blockers, et cetera. Mm. But physically, Sneed and Traore, they're different. Yeah. We've been talking about it. They're, they're just different. Yeah. All right, Ghouls. Super Chats? Hit it. All right, let's do it. I like this one. It's very generous, and it's just great win. Thanks for the show. Well, hell yeah, Robert. Appreciate the uh, the super chat. This was a couple hours before the show started. Robert, uh, appreciate the super chat. Nice pick, by the way, Robert. Great photo. But yeah, I appreciate yeah. you, man. Great win. Great yeah. win. And uh, Chris, 
Uh, another great picture. Chris got a great beard that Mike Singer only wishes he could grow. Yeah. Um, he says the on-field talent gap has narrowed since Freeman's arrival. What specific actions or improvements should be he prioritize to get Notre Dame to the next level? Ghouls will be loaded um, on for you. To get to the end, well, we'll talk about defense first because that's what we seem to do around here. We've talked about recently here, Chris, golden scheme and the complexities of it, you know, typically all the checks, you know, Marist and, and Bertrand play a lot because they've been around. They got the football IQ. They can handle it. They can process it. They can make checks. But if, if Freeman continues to kind of stockpile kids that are long, kids that can run, kids that are multiple, then they're really, really good athletes and fluid, et cetera. But the scheme is too complex you've got a conflict there. So we've got all this young talent, but they can't get on the feed because of the scheme. So something's going to give there when you talk about getting ND to the next level. And then I think really outside of that, um, forget the stars, especially like at that wide receiver group singer. Mm. Now we're happy to have Cam Williams. We're happy to have a five-star because that dude is, you know, but shoot. I mean, he's something, but I'm just like, I, if I'm, if I'm coach Freeman, I'm telling my staff and my recruiting staff, some of those, like, I'm going to say underlings, but some of these, the, you know, the recruiting staff, I want to cast a broad net. You know, I want to check those GPA tech, check those test score boxes. And I just want guys that can run. I don't care about size. I want guys that can run and then we'll go from there. And I don't care if their best offer is a, you know, two lane, or if they've only got a couple Mac offers, like if the kid can run, let's take a deeper dive. Well, when Isaiah Canyon decommitted and Notre Dame did cast that wide net, their favorite receiver they found was Logan Saldate from California. And he was committed to Oregon state. Hmm. And they basically had Saldate cause this is during the August dead period. They had Saldate send in a bunch of his like, hey, go run this in the backyard or, you know, down at the absolutely you know, at the field. Go run this. Run a 40-yard dash. Video it. Send it to us. They would all, all the stuff. And what Notre Dame sources have told me is that when Saldate gets to Notre Dame in the summer, that he's going to be physically in like testing and stuff. He's going to be one of the top three performers in like a handful of categories already. Yeah. So, yeah. So every time you and Tim say something like that, I just think Saldate and – uh not the biggest guy, but um, very productive. I think will be a really good slot for Notre Dame. Um, so speed for sure. Cam Williams obviously has speed. And I saw Micah Gilbert, who you know, is maybe a little bit more of your boundary guy and not the fastest, but the kid with the ball in his hands make, makes plays. Um, I really liked him when I got to see him a few weeks ago. So I really like this receiver group coming in for Notre Dame. Yeah, and you've got – let's not forget about Braylon James. I mean, Braylon James, to me, like – he kind of reminded me of like AJ Green at Georgia. Like he is kind of like that. Okay. Can you see that? The I same like frame. He's a jump ball kid, but he's also runs like four four one, and he has got good size. What is he? You know, six two one eighty or whatever he is. Plenty Probably big. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just you need guys that can that just can you know. And again, we love Great House and we love Rico. Like love him. But they're limited in terms of what they're going to be able to do and like how much just ground they cover. The thing with like a Rico is you can't have them be your your number one Z. Like you can't count Rico's like Not an fair. amazing, an amazing number three piece. 
right? Like your slot guy or number four. Like if, if you can have Rico's like your number three guy, he's balling, getting those one-on-one matchups in, in the slot. Like that's what you want. But to have him, hey, you run downfield, Rico. We're going to throw to you 25 yards down the field when you're, you know, the, the outside receiver. Like, bro, uh, he, he's not that guy. No, that, no, no, no. Him in the slot working against a safety or something like, He's fantastic. So yeah, he'll he'll come up. He'll come like make a top catch. I mean, shoot, did you see that hit he took early in the game? You know, and Sam sold it ass out. He just pops right back up. I mean, that's a true freshman. Yeah, that's taking a lick like that and just pops up. And I think that Great House will probably assume Thomas's role when when he moves on. Yeah, because I mean, Great House is going to fill out. I mean, he's going to be a two hundred twenty pound kid. Yeah. So hopefully that answers your question, Chris. Yeah, Chris, appreciate the super chat and um. Chris was messaging me on Twitter earlier today. He asked if we were doing the show tonight. Like, hell yeah, brother. Of course. Of course. After a win like that. Yeah, you think we missed that? Chris, appreciate you. Adam says, about time I contribute. Appreciate you guys. Are we still confident in Chancey Stuckey behind, or excuse me, beyond recruiting? At some point, the results are the results. Um, This is what I'll say about, like, you know, so many of these positions, whether it's tailback, whether it's running back, whether it's, you know, corner, defensive line. And this is a kid, this is coming from a kid that trains, I train kids most weekends. Like the stuff isn't that difficult. Like there's Instagram pages these kids could follow and learn different release techniques. It's true. So some of this just comes down to talent. And at the end of the day, Mike, you played the position. Give me too much credit. Go ahead. But you did. I mean, but I like listening to you and how you like, yeah, dude, they were in cover zero. I'm like, yeah, Singer knows his stuff, dude. Like, I yeah, like, I, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, and you can wink. Can't do that. But as a receiver and, you know, training, I've trained a couple of really nice corners. Everybody's afraid. Anybody in coverage. And at their core is afraid of getting beat deep. And everything that that offensive player does and everything that that defensive player does, how they react, is centered around getting beat deep. So if that corner can go into that game and be like, this kid can't run past me, it makes their life a lot easier and it makes that receiver's life a lot more difficult. So you could talk about Chancey Stuckey not teaching this or not teaching that. I'm just telling you, if that DB knows this kid can't outrun me and I can just sit and I can be patient and I can use good technique, you need that threat to be able to run by somebody. That's why DBs loved playing against me um, when I was in high school. I bet you had that goatee in high school. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I think I did. I don't remember. I don't remember now. Michael says, no shocker here. Goolsby knows what he's talking about. And I'm just Joe Fanboy. Have a great show, guys. Well, Michael, appreciate the five, my friend. Thanks, buddy. 
uh, ND Irish fan five. He says, what do you think of starting the third with three pass plays instead of handing it off to Estime? Um, I, I didn't, uh, I liked it to be frank. I mean, most of this offense is run on first down. I think that Parker, that first down, we're talking about the play where he should have thrown it to stay singer. And instead, uh, kind of threw it into coverage and Mitch. What's so funny? Yeah. Just reading the chat. Just reading the chat. People are talking about my my athleticism. Just uh, um, Sorry, continue. So, yeah, real real quick in regards to like that play. Nice play call. Sam was under center. We were in eleven personnel. No, no, we couldn't have been. In, I think we were in twelve. I think Sam was under center. Fake. He boots into the boundary, which I didn't like. That should have been to the field, right? Uh, but yeah, I think once Sam kind of like screwed up on that play, he floated the next two, but he had open receivers. So I liked it. I mean, I would have flipped the flipped the first play, but I liked it. I think like Mike, when you criticize Parker, it's more about like not specific play calls. It's more about the overall scheme. Would you say yeah. that's fair? Yeah. I the, just the, think like parsing and picking apart specific little play calls is just so like it's I think it's just a it's very weak. I, I just think it's a lazy like because I mean, criticizing the offensive coordinator is just the easiest thing to do. So no, I get you. Yeah, why do you call that on third and two? Like you if you recall at the the Ohio State game, when we kind of went on a little bit of that slide and we're kind of coming out of that, there are three and a half minutes left. I think it was our final possession. It's been a while. First run, first play was an inside run to Estime, 11, 12 yards. They pull Estime out of the game, and he's shocked. He's like, what the hell? This is what yeah. I'm here for, to salt this game away. And then the next play, we had two backs, and they ran like a counter – and that defensive end crashed and broke up the play. Like, I liked that play call. If it worked, it was awesome. And right. to Freeman's point in the press conference, oh, that's what's so fun about football, dude. Yeah. And Freeman's like, I don't mind the play calls. I don't like the execution. Yeah. There's merit to that. Yeah. But we're talking about, about the system. What about this? The little end around to Jordan Faison? If Faison drops that football... Or he gets tackled for a couple yards loss. Everyone's like, why the hell are you running a lacrosse player on an end around? Like, what are you doing? This is USC. Don't give it the Jordan phase on and an end around. But since he ran for 16 yards. Great play. We don't yeah, great play. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just, it's just, it's just kind of lazy. Joe says, singer, you stick them in high school. I did have a sticky towel that I would put on my gloves. Um, and I would spit on my gloves all the time. So I was, I've, it was very in my head about what that number? Stuff. What number, singer? Nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah. Not cool enough to wear single digit, but nineteen. Joey says, "Love the show. Motivation is simple. You eliminate those who are not motivated. Lose Lou Holtz." Yeah, Joey. Appreciate. I mean, five. it's. I can tell you, and I know this to be true. After the USC game last year. I think Freeman and staff had kind of a come to Jesus moment and they were like, okay. And you go back singer kind of 
go back in time, jog your memory. They kind of addressed the team. There was a there was a team meeting, and they were like, "Shit just got real." And if you remember, Mike, there was a, several kids that kind of medically retired, moved on, et cetera, kind of following that. So Freeman will do that. And I think some of those kids, it wasn't that they weren't motivated. It was that they weren't talented enough. It just didn't fit the trajectory of where Freeman's t- trying to take this program. Um, let's talk real quick about Freeman in this game. Yeah. And how fun has it been to watch his like sideline demeanor develop and sort of grow as he again figures this out on the fly i noticed this game he's like he almost became aware of the cameras on him throughout the course of the game that you could see like if he's yelling at his staff on the headset he faces the bench because he knows he's being filmed from across the field so every time he was yelling and the camera was on him it was like you're he was it was his back i saw him celebrating a lot more with his guys this week which i thought was really cool to see and again i still think he's figuring out kind of how to how to coach and how to lead and how what buttons to push um real quick the the traori sack at the end of the first half you recall this and it was mm-hmm. traori sneed and who else but marist were celebrating you know, and Maris has played a lot of football. Maris should have grabbed those two kids and be like, hey, we got to get lined up. So I put that on Maris more than I do those young bucks and Sneed and Traore. But I liked it. Freeman called that timeout. Yeah. Did he have to? This is one of these revisionist history things, right, Mike? Oh, that was stupid for him because he spiked it after the clock went zero, whatever. But that was like, that showed me that like Freeman was like, he was on it and he made a split second decision to call a timeout. And whether it was the right decision or not, I'm like that. Like, I don't know if he would have done that in the Ohio State game. I don't know if he would have been that dialed in. So that's growth to me. Damn, I like when we're on the same page, Mike. Because that's exactly yeah, what I said yesterday. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, listen, yeah, oh, I mean to steal your thunder. No, it's like a, it's, it's a quick, like, do something. He did something. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I liked it. Uh, just ND gal says, dear Mike, my internet, sweetheart, some kind words from JD Bertrand and his six solo tackles, 0.5 sacks and 1.5 TFL. He went to work a real Notre Dame man. Yeah. Like you, man, Mike, I think you're being flirted. Yeah, no, I think, um, yeah, JD has like, I I think the last three games, he's been like 11 tackles plus in the first time that I really gave JD Bertrand props was that Clemson game last year. And he was on, he was so dialed in. I mean, there wasn't a false step to be had. He was just locked in. I just wish he was bigger. <laughs> I just, I truly do. But I'm glad that we have him. And um, I think it was Watts, was it Watts's second pick? If Watts didn't pick that pass off, JD JD dove almost like he was playing beach volleyball, like dove backwards. And I was like, great effort, man. Because we rarely get to see our linebackers get their hands. And I'm going to say it, Singer. We rarely get to see our linebackers get their hands in any balls. Mm. Did I get you? I got you. Good. <laughs> I got you. Do you, just real quick, Mike, like 10 seconds. Is this basic like the win over USC, the reminiscent of the, the Clemson beatdown last year, right? Like same kind of feel. Like Pine had like 80 yards passing last year, like kind of the same game. 
Yeah, and they again they were coming off kind of a skid. I forget, you know, yeah, there were there were some ups and downs. Um, but yeah, it was the same type of environment, backs against the wall, home crowd night game, not great weather, very, very, very similar game. And that's when I talk about these West Coast pussies coming in here. And it's like, you're going to have to play football. Oh, you want to play in the league? Okay, you used to have to go through New England and win a Super Bowl. Like, you know, and what killed me, that punt returner branch, of course, he's got like a fire suit on because it's so cold. It's 40 degrees out. And the, the idiot, he's got a visor on. Because of the, the, the ski mask he's wearing, it's making his visor fog up, of course. You know, it's like dumb. And then that's why he flubbed that kick because his stupid visor is all fogged up. It's just he like, looked hey. cool, bro, Mike. He did look cool. <laughs> yeah, he looked cool. Yeah, he looked a lot cool if you could see, dude. You know, um, Mike, we got another uh, cool sponsor that I should probably read earlier. So my bad, Augie. But we are going to hear, um, and learn about Augie's locker room. And how about these first two items? 1966 Notre Dame football versus Michigan State um, ticket stub, PSA authentic, and a 1988 Notre Dame football versus Miami football ticket stub, PSA authentic. So uh, some pretty cool stuff that Augie's always getting um, in his store. So, folks, when you come to that pit game or you come to what that weight game, um, you got to make time for Augie's locker room. They have a wide selection of Notre Dame stadium pieces, jerseys, helmets, autographs, and one-of-a-kind Rockney items you can find. Exclusive Joe Montana-signed items and famous sculptor Jerry McKenna's replicas of the bronze statues around the stadium. And Augie gets new stuff in all the time. If he doesn't have it, he's going to go find it for you. Visit him at 1811 South Bend Avenue and see the vintage display, excuse me, the vintage helmet display dating back to 1890. It's got some great stuff. Check him out, augieslockerroom.com. Give him a call, 574-277-6363. Tell him Mike Singer, Blue and Gold. Singer, phone number one more time. Got you. 574-277-6363. You jotting it down, Blue? I got to call Augie. See if he's got any 41 stuff? Dude, this is a true story. So I had to move. I've moved a bunch for my career. And uh, I paid a moving company to move me one time. Well, I don't like where this is going. Those, I'm sorry? I said, I don't like where this is going. I had a few of those, you know, Tupperware bins filled with Notre Dame gear, jerseys, you know, whatever. All kinds of stuff. I forget at this point. And one of those movers stole it. Mm. So that was one of my jerseys. And then we were so hard up for cash back in the day. And I'll never forget it. Me and Carlisle, who also ex-captain, there was some fire chief or something in South Bend. And maybe somebody watching this knows, but he's like a Notre Dame collector. So down in his basement, tons of jerseys. Like he had the yard marker from when they beat Miami. Like he had all this cool Notre Dame stuff. He had like an Augie's locker room in his basement. Mm. And we sold him some stuff because we needed – like, and he was like, if you ever want it back, let me know. And I'm like, I don't know who you are. I forgot. That was 25 years ago. So maybe Augie can track it down. I'm absolutely going to call him. Yeah. There you go. You'll have to let us know how that goes. All right, Ghouls, we're an hour in. We got 20 Super Chats. Holy smokes. You ready, bro? Let me stretch. 
Hey, just ND gal, appreciate the last one. Uh, John says, Mike Goolsby, I dedicate this super chat to my dad, class of 48. We were both there for the 73 game. Thanks for all you and Singer do. Love the Notre Dame, John. Thanks, John. Yeah. Great super chat. Shout out to your dad. Thank you. Thank you, John. Uh, Mike's uh, with $10 says, Mike and Mike, obviously always the goal to win a national championship. I love the super chat. How important is it for Notre Dame and Freeman to go win uh, a New Year six bowl? Been 30 years since a major bowl. Been love the show. Yeah, if you're not going to make the playoff, go win one of these big bowl games, Mike. Go go yeah. ten and two in the regular season, and go beat LSU and you know Fiesta Bowl or Sugar Bowl or whatever it ends up being. Yeah, go take care of business. Yeah, my my answer, my first thought to this, Mike Nolan, great question. Actually, I just think young talent, and I also think Sam Hart. If Sam Hart doesn't play in a bowl game for us, that'll be shameful. That'll be I shameful. Be so Sam Hartman, stick around. Would be I'm stunned sorry? if he doesn't. I, I said I'd be stunned if Sam Hartman, Sam Hartman, doesn't play in the. Uh, We're assuming he's a high enough character guy. Notre Dame's been pretty good to him. He's gonna it's not like he's gonna be a first round pick and needs to take care of himself. He needs the reps. Yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. He needs to go work on running a four four forty. Sure, yeah. He's he's got to get his bench numbers up and go train in Arizona for the for the combine. I get it. No, yeah. He, if Sam Hartman sticks around. Super optimistic. You know, fans think about, like, the win. Okay, we get to maybe play at LSU. How fun would that be, right? Like, you get to knock off another kind of brand-name marquee-type team. Mm -hmm. But then you also get, like, another month of practice. And I think I just can't think about Marcus Freeman's team and his culture without thinking about young talent. So it's like – the, whatever team we're going to play, they're going to have guys that are going to depart and go train for the league. Meanwhile, we're playing the Jalen Sneeds, the Bubakar Traoris of the world, which just keeps building. You kind of want this thing to be like rinse, wash, repeat with young talent. They develop and they move on and we get more, you know. So that's that's my first thought. Yeah, Mike, appreciate that's in there, brother. Hank with five says, Marcus Schumann affects need Traori, twitchy first step, Morrison, young receivers, loaded quarterback and running back room, linebackers are young, et cetera. Exciting present and future. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, some of these kids, they just they just move differently and they're long. I mean, look at all those names, Sneed, Traori, Morrison, long, wingspan, real fluid, bendability. You can't, you cannot teach that stuff. Hank, appreciate you. Jack with a $10 super chat says, Marcus is an awesome coach. Notre Dame future is bright. It's crazy, Mike. After the Louisville game, it's clean house, fire Freeman. We literally had people come in here spamming fire Freeman. Um, and uh, now we're getting the, the good yeah, stuff. No, I, like we, I mean, Freeman is – it depends on what everybody wants. How Real quick, how you define yeah. your coach. How do you define a college coach? It's the face of the program. It's a leader of the building. It's a recruiter. It's game day operations. It's hiring. It's firing. Freeman's got some of that stuff in the bag already, and some of that stuff he's going to figure out. So, Jack. Yep. yes, the arrow's pointing up. Yeah. Jack, appreciate the the generous super chat. Um, Joseph Quill, $5, says, new press, new AD, whipped SC, may change my YouTube name, Google's. Um, as a guy who grew up in L.A. during Carroll era, derailing SC National Championship run was Irish Nirvana. I yeah, that's that's another thing. Yeah, nope. Yeah, I was yeah Get the back it, back out of there for Heisman and there. I mean, they still have title aspirations, but um, it's gonna be tough after twenty eight dr- point drubbing. 
by no, uh, dude. Yeah, I mean, Caleb Williams King vibes were just a little off. It must have been the weather. They throw King vibes off, yeah. you know. Yeah, as the kids say, he's sus, bro. Sauce. Super, super sauce. Mark says, uh, really love the defensive scheme. Controlled, disciplined rush by the defensive line to keep Caleb boxed in while the linebackers hassled him into mistakes. Great team effort. Tackling much better this week. Great points by Mark. Where the hell is this guy, Ben? Yeah. Mark, where have you been? I don't know if I know you. Your name doesn't sound familiar. Great points. I don't think I talked about either with last night's him. Like, yeah, the, the D-line played great, like, pressuring him, but also, like, Williams, I mean, what was his rushing numbers? Um, so while you're looking that up, what Mark's talking about, and this is more of like that f- football stuff. When you play a quarterback like that, they say to rush to the level of the quarterback. And this actually factors into some of this length, arm length conversation. So it's like you could see our defensive ends coming up field. And when they would get to like equal depth, I can never figure this out. Like equal depth to Caleb, they would stop. There was a time or two where Jordan Batello on one of Caleb's first runs, they got to here, and then Caleb took one step further upfield, and then Caleb went, then Caleb ran inside. So yeah, you're kind of boxing them out. And then when you have long guys like Baptiste, and when you have long guys like Batello, hell, even Mills, you saw him with like a push pull. They can extend and they can just wait, 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 wait to see what Caleb does, and they could throw off because they have that length. Batello doesn't have that length. So when you talk about the types of athletes, you know, Freeman's recruiting to win these big games against, you know, first round picks like a Williams, some of these traits come into effect. And that's a classic example and a great point by Mark. Yeah. He ran, yeah. He ran for, I mean, he had a few uh, five, six positive rushing gains, but ended the night with negative eight net rushing yards uh, because of the sacks. But he, I mean, his long was 11 yards in the first quarter. So yeah, they contained them. And then the tackling was much better. Um, I mean, yeah. So that's, that's a, that's a good point, Mark. Where the hell you been, bro? Hank. I know where Hank is. He's always hanging out with us. He says, are we seeing the maturity of Marcus Freeman, the halftime speech, know the situation. Also like Mark Freeman coaching Watts after the touchdown about hanging on to the ball. Yeah, that's, Yes, you're absolutely seeing the, the maturation of Coach Freeman. The halftime speech, these are these is like boom, boom, boom. Good, great super chats. And, we're, and it's complete sentences and it's proper English. It's <laughs> home runs. The sack, the Traore sack, you know, the timeout, et cetera. Freeman was visibly pissed. You could tell he turned and he's yelling into the mic. And, the, and Washington's on the field with him. Al Washington's on the field with him. And I just sat there, and a buddy of mine, my best buddy growing up, texted me about like how stupid of a play that was. And I was just like, I hope Freeman doesn't bring that negativity into the locker room. Because that happened at the last minute. We gave up three points, stupid play, immature penalty. But that being said, like Freeman, pick your poison. You go in there, and you're patting everybody on the ass. Tell them to keep it up. You don't want to throw the the energy off and bring in that frustration. So I don't think that Freeman, you know, was chewing people chewing people out at halftime. And that, and that, that to me was a very mature thing to do. Hank, appreciate you. Uh, and, and Mark's back. Uh, fans, offensive stats will be marginalized when your defense continually, thankfully, puts you on a short field offense. Was step in the right direction, something to build on another ten dollars super jet from uh yeah. I don't I don't know how needed the offense was in this game. 
and the defense was playing so well, um, you could play conservative. I mean, you didn't need to air it out. And the time or two we did, sprinkled them in, but that was this the the course of the game. Yeah, and zero turnovers as well. Notre Dame took care of the ball. Um, something they obviously didn't do last week. Uh, that was, I think, another little subplot key to the game. Uh, Mike says going back to the Irish Terry as mascot rather than a than a student in Halloween costume will bring a natty for sure. There you go. I, t- I don't disagree, dude. I don't disagree. You know, maybe we go with like an Airedale Terrier or something. Uh, maybe a different type of dog. But some of these leprechauns in any given year, it's like, get this guy off my TV. Let's see more cheerleaders, please. This guy does nothing for me. They can't even grow a beard, most of these guys anymore. And that used to be a prereq. Like, you had to have the beard. Oh, Mike. Uh, Inscrutable with $5 says, what do you think of Lincoln Riley not doing a walkthrough with his team? I think that's disrespectful to the history of the rivalry thoughts. I only know what this is about. So he's basically saying they'll do like a Friday night. You know, a lot of times like you'll get off the plane and you'll go directly to the stadium and you'll do a walkthrough before you go to the hotel. I would think that that's inscrutable as much as I love a conspiracy theory. I don't think that's the case. I would assume that Lincoln Riley is more worried about prying eyes, you know, planes flying overhead because they're going to have to do that in the stadium. So that would be a strategic thing as to why Lincoln Riley didn't do that. Okay. Right. Inscrutable. Appreciate the super chat. Angelo, good to see you. He says, great game. Goolsby. Here's my top three Notre Dame guys. Derek Mays, Goolsby, and Brady Quinn. What are your thoughts on the linebacker play? I would love to know if that was the case before I started doing this silly podcast with Singer. <laughs> but I'll take it. And thank you, Angelo. Thoughts on the linebacker play? I thought we took some bad angles early on, um, but speed will do that to you. So I think we kind of got acclimated early on. Um, you know, even Maris filled downhill. I, I thought it was a, a good physical, physical game. And their offensive line wasn't that great either. Yeah. Angelo, appreciate. Oh, yeah, sorry. solid game. Angelo, appreciate you. Connor says, Ghouls, thanks for your opening remarks wherein you noted the cultural differences between USC and Notre Dame's respective football programs. Huge W. Yeah, it's good versus evil. And I'm saying that tongue in cheek, but I I believe that. I've just, I, I'm a Midwest dude, blue collar background. I've never vibed with the Cali thing. I got friends out there I don't even go visit. Connor, appreciate you. Andy Packrat says, raise a glass. We won and they didn't. Great show as always. Hey, the good guys won for sure. Andy Packrat, appreciate always, the fun, man. Always, dude. Oh, by the Andy way, Nation. Bolton, shout out Bolton, Bolton Landing. Anyways, yeah, we'll throw back. Um, Andy Nation says, "Will there be a change in offense coordinator next year?" Thanks. Let's I, see. I have no idea. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's fair. I think it's fair. I think. I think that maybe Parker retains that title. Maybe you add in a passing game coordinator. Something's got to change. Um. You know, whether it's the receivers, whether it's the O-line, whether it's Hartman, whether it's the play caller. I mean, this is a team game. There's a lot of elements to this. But I would assume that something would change. I have no insight onto that or into that. I think that coming out of this bye week, that'll be pretty telling, you know, in terms of like these formational tendencies that an average fan can pick up. I mean, we got to improve. Yeah. Um, 
God thumbs. What's that link and promo code to buy tickets to an event, Mike? Uh, go to the the post game show yesterday. I think we did the game time read. So just I don't remember it off the top of my head. But go to go to the post game show from from Saturday night. I'm pretty sure I put it in the description of the video. Uh, is Mike Singer a USC wide receiver? Uh, no, I'm not fast enough. Uh, CBJ Buckeye. Buckeye in here. What? How far back in Notre Dame history would you go to pick a quarterback over Hartman? Is it Quinn, or would you take Kaiser, Golson, or a book over him? Cone. Jack Cone over yeah. Sam Hartman? Cone was thrown in the same types of receivers. I'm sure there was a fifth-round pick sprinkled in there. I can't remember his name. Skoranek, seventh round? Um, no. Um, they, he went to the Ravens. Boy. Boykin. No, 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 no. He didn't come on till late in his career. Boy- oh, um, it was like a Boykin clone. Picked by the the Ravens. I'm, I'm, I, I can't. But the, right. to answer the question, we're, we're both thinking of the same player. Forgive us for not having the recall, but I would go Cone. Okay. All right, CJ uh, Buckeye. Oh, kind of nice, dude. He was kind of nice. He also got pulled. Um, Kevin Austin. Was it Kevin Austin? Kevin Austin. Kevin Austin. Yeah. I don't Great job. Kevin. Yeah. That's all. Oh, Javon McKinley. Yeah. There's some Javon McKinley. Guys. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Javon McKinley. Yeah. yeah. Not, not, yeah. He's decent. I mean, decent it wasn't player. a murderer's row of wide receivers. Dude, Notre. I mean, no, Ian Books, 20. Who was a better, who was a better transfer quarterback? And I mean, the, st- the stats will, will bear themselves out. But yeah. Cone was pretty damn good. Yeah, except he for when he got benched. Got benched a couple times. He 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 could have been pretty ineffective at times, but um, well, I mean, but there was no hype, so you have to you have to judge this hype. There was no hype for Cone Heisman. We thought Hartman was going to win a Heisman. Some people did. Connor says, let's not forget that one of Kelly's top three uh, or top 10 wins counts because it was against. Cl- it doesn't matter. They were a number one team. Connor, appreciate the super chat, but I mean, I, I still like that win against Clemson in 2020. So, no, and DJU yeah. is not bad. He was, I mean, DJU Young literally he threw 500 yards that game. game. Remember, he threw for like 370 yards that game. He, he, he set the record for most passing yards against Notre Dame. I thought I'd say he was in like the 400s or something crazy. Um, so yeah. Anyways, but yeah, kind of appreciate you. Saul says, thanks for all the hard work y'all do. Did Goolsby sleep like a baby last night? If Hartman buys Al Golden, a Ferrari, what does he buy Parker? Uh, First of all, leave that super chat up. I barely slept last night. So I finally got this house sold. We were staying in a hotel trying to keep the house clean, you know, um, and yeah, I just had a buzz from that game. So yeah, I barely slept last night. I want to talk about this. Um, Hartman wants to buy gold in a Ferrari. That's when you know you're making real NIL money. Because I'd be oh, like, oh, geez. I want to buy my coach a steak dinner. You know? Like, <laughs> oh, I want to buy him a Ferrari. It's like, that wouldn't even enter into like your frame of mind. You know what I mean? Like, that's real money. I want, I, yeah, he, I'd like to buy him a steak dinner. I'll get him a new tie. It's like, no, nah, I'm buying him a Ferrari. It's like, okay, damn, dude, you balling like that? So, 
I don't know. So I'll appreciate the, uh, the super chat. Dennis says if Freeman wouldn't have called that timeout, it would have been a free play. Think about that. Like bang, bang thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Somebody broke it down in the chat. So it's like, he called that penalty. He called that timeout to save us five yards from a penalty, but then the clock would have ran out again. I'm not the rules guy. I could never be a head coach. If I was a head coach, I would have somebody on staff that would be like, you know, they'd have a nine one one into my ear to tell me what to do with some of these clock management situations. Dennis gets the luxury, of course, having 24 hours to process that. Right. You know, you go be a first time head coach at a night game against a top 10 team and tell me that you would have made the right decision. I'm just happy that he, I'm just happy that he made a call and he was dialed in. Jets beat the Eagles. How about that? Mike, I watched so much Notre Dame football, bro, that I don't even watch. I, I manage my girlfriend's mother's fantasy football team. That's about it for you. But that's about it for me, dude. I don't watch NFL. Dennis, appreciate you. Mike says, uh, Marcus Freeman smart to call timeout and not get five yards closer to the offside infraction gave them an untimed down anyway, just enforced. If just enforced. So this is the answer. This is thank you, Mike. Uh, Mike, I'll hire you to be my game day manager guy. And another super chat from another Mike Goolsby has been calling for someone on the defense to take over a game all year. How many guys do you think answered that call yesterday? I think it's I think it takes one, honestly, and it was Xavier Watts. I mean, Xavier Watts is now a legend, Omaha kid. And then people will follow. I mean, because it's like, you know, everybody's a little, everybody's a little bit, everybody in that foxhole, like you're a little bit nervous, like you have anxiety. And then somebody presents with like that alpha energy, and then you follow them. But if nobody ever presents, if nobody ever steps forward, you just keep playing with that anxiety. So all the credit in the world goes to Xavier Watts. I'm just disappointed he didn't score. That's an ex-wide receiver. And if JJB would have got a block on the first one, he would have scored. But no, Xavier Watts gets all that credit. And, you know, some of those guys, Mills has been playing consistently. JD has been playing consistently. But I'm talking like to really step up and make a play, he should get all of that credit. All right, folks. Please don't post any more super chats. We got to get Goolsby out of here, and I got uh, a bunch of crap still to do tonight, so we can't be on here for too much longer. Appreciate the support, but please, please stop. We love you guys. <laughs> I hate saying it's that. It's like singer, turning down for... money. Like, what is wrong with you, singer? Go four hours. I'm like, dude. Like, well, that's kind of why we're doing. That's why I'm kind of doing the Patreon thing. Follow the Twitter. It's like, you know, if people are willing to to, to drop five dollars super chats to ask a question, it's like. Subscribe to the Patreon, you know, that's because, yeah, this is fun, but we got, we do have stuff to do Sunday yeah. night. Yeah. I, I, I can't turn them off during the show. So uh, Chris says, would love to see the receivers using more motion and in more bunch type formations, hard for DBs to get hands on receivers. Parker needs to help his guys out. That's accurate. That's accurate. Chris, yep. Chris, appreciate the five. Robert says, Goolsby, I'll buy one of them tubs of gear. Oh yeah, you're. It's on the black market somewhere. Robert, if you find it, let us know. Uh, yeah. Drunken says future-wise things remain to be seen. How seriously the AD and admin offices will allow football to be taken with Swarbrick and Jenkins' departure. I, that's that's. I don't like to get into stuff like that. I don't. I mean, Notre Dame is what it is, 
I mean, football is never going to become bigger than the school. It's never going to become bigger than the, the university. The university was built on the back of football, which is part of the reason we love the school. And I just, I mean, I just, the only thing I could tell you was like my opening statement for the show tonight is be proud of your school. Be proud of the team you root for because we do things the right way. And in this transfer portal era, like we are swimming upstream and still kicking ass. And it's just like, that is why you root for Notre Dame. You don't want it to become a football factory. I don't want us to be a team comprised of transfers across the board personally. I want to build a program. Drunken, appreciate the uh, the super chat. A uh, couple from uh, Lucas, very generous twenty dollars, and then another five. Uh, Lucas, I will be looking for you in the comments. If you if you have anything, please just go ahead and throw it. You don't need to do another super chat, but I'll be looking for you. But we really appreciate the very very generous. Absolutely, super man. Javit says, good vibes in the locker room. Great way to go into a bye week. Great effort by the defense. Solid tackling, discipline rushes. Keep rolling, go boys. Javit, appreciate the five. Yeah, and I think, um, yeah, good vibes, and I think some of those vibes, I'm telling you, some of that energy, some of that juice comes from those younger players. So keep that kind of momentum going. Goolsby, look into your crystal ball. Paul wants to know who will be the Notre Dame quarterback next year. Well, Paul Walker, I mentioned this on December 1st of uh, 2023. I had a, a big rant about the transfer thing, et cetera, quarterbacks moving on, yada, yada, yada. Who knows who our quarterback's going to be next year? If you're going to run to the window in Vegas, it's going to be another transfer. Transfer. I think, yeah, I would, I would agree with you there. Call Lucas says on Watts force fumble. Look at the white glove forcing the ball out. Watts not wearing that glove. Okay. So what? Watts shouldn't get the force fumble. I mean, okay, who cares? Watts played a great game. Well, I will call Lucas. I'm making a point. I'm going to call the NCAA, <laughs> file a report, and Fix we'll that. get the FBI involved. We'll get fingerprints, <laughs> DNA, and we'll get we'll get it. Oh, we'll get. Oh, the this right is Luka Jackson. Oh, There's Luka two Jackson. in my career. There was two fumble recoveries that I had. I never got credit for. Right, well, this is Lucas Jackson, who already gave us twenty five dollars in super chat. So, Lucas, we will. Hey, W W's in the chat for Lucas. Appreciate but you, still, Lucas. Yeah, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call in the FBI. We're gonna get DNA and we're gonna figure we're gonna get to the bottom of it. Who who who, who had that white glove? Who really Lucas, hey, we appreciate you though, brother. Uh Phil says unrelated. Who do you see as boundary receiver the rest of the year next year? When do you think Eli Rodin will have a breakout game? I don't know if Eli's gonna. I mean, the way that this office has been structured the last two, three years, there's there's only room for like one stud tight end. Um I do think that Eli is probably the most physically gifted all the way around. Uh, boundary receiver. I mean, I, you know, it's so funny, Singer, real quick, because you were talking about how, like, you bought the hype on the receiver group and you felt like you had all these. Um, okay, it was JJB. Yeah, and he's had a whale of a season so far. But, you know, you love the hype that, like, we had all these different skill sets at the receiver. Well, what do you say about the off-season fodder? This is what we need. No, for sure. But it's funny how, like, you know, in actuality, it really hasn't shook out that way because I'm scanning my brain. It's like you'd say it'd be Thomas, you know, if and when he gets healthy. But then I'm like, well, Great House could do it. I think Flores could do it. Um, but then you're also like, but Great House and Flores could play in the slot. 
So I don't know if there is a, a you know, they're talking about a boundary receiver, maybe meant to talk about a field receiver. Um, but yeah, I would say that Thomas would be your boundary guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Just got to get, get healthy. healthy. Colsey, I mean, uh, anyways. Colsey I don't think Colsey's ever going to play for the Notre, University of Notre Dame again. All right. We'll uh, Dennis says, you missed my point. I was agreeing with Freeman's call. If he won't, if he won't have called this the timeout, it would have given it would have gave them an extra play. Okay. Yeah, I, I, it, it happened. Notre Dame won by twenty eight points. Good thing we don't really have to. Good thing the three points that USC got after that situation didn't come back to bite the Irish. Um, and uh, yeah, we are uh, we are going to I'll look at Joe. Joe says he almost forgot the like, folks. Please do hit the thumbs up on the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, and uh, yeah, Goolsby, great show tonight. Thought you brought it as always, my friend. I appreciate you having me. Big win. Let's uh, rest up. I'm sure you got to heal up during this bye week. I don't know if we're going to do anything. Probs not. Probs not. I was assuming we won't have a show Sunday. Okay. Works for me, man. Get singer night off. All right, buddy. All right, ghouls. Appreciate you and everyone watching. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you uh, for hanging out with us. And uh, as always, we will catch you next time. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.